0: Senorita, really nice to meet ya. Have some and this week on Squats and Margaritas, it's trainer and entrepreneur Ashley Drummonds. She's the founder of Abs Protein Pancakes. That's right, Abs and Pancakes. And she went on Shark Tank and she got a deal. Uh, we're talking about launching your brand, growing your brand, living a balanced lifestyle, and wine. She also happens to be a level three wine sommelier. And let's just start there. Here's my episode with Ashley Drummonds. I love your story. I, I honestly wanted to talk to you about just building a brand. And I know you're a business coach, like doing that now. But I have to say, I didn't know the balance part, like squats and margaritas is balance. working out hard and still enjoying your life. And that's what you're all about, too.
1: Oh yeah. Like, that's like the biggest thing that I preach to people, even whether it's fitness or it's business entrepreneurship, like there's gotta be some sort of balance.
0: Yes. And I, I what talk to me about the wine expert before we even get into the brand.
1: <laughs> a lot of people ask about that, which is so funny because when I saw your thing about squats and margaritas, I was like, see, it's a thing. Like it's fitness a thing. And wine, fitness and margaritas, like people, people have their passions. Um, that actually has always been something that has fascinated me more because of like the art and the culture behind it like i just really love things that have a ton of culture and back in 2017 like i was feeling kind of stuck in a rut and anytime i feel that way like directionless i will do something completely that seems random just to like get my brain thinking about new things so I just signed up for the W set level three, which is like the highest level you can do thinking, oh, it's not gonna be that, like I know some stuff about why it can't be that big of a deal. No, it's insane. It's insane yeah. the amount of stuff you gotta know. Um, but I loved it. I loved everything that I learned about it. I loved getting to talk to other Psalms and like getting to study stuff that like really fascinated me. And yeah, that's, I just took it and I got really fortunate that I passed. And I have way too much wine for how much I don't (laughs) actually drink that. So that's the short version.
0: You taught me something about wine today. Like I knew it was one of your IGTVs. I knew that you are supposed to store wine sideways. I just know that you're supposed to do that. But I didn't realize the cork situation. So will you share that little tip?
1: Yeah. So the cork, the reason you store it on its side is for a lot of different reasons. Um, And if you've ever seen like any videos, they'll they turn the wine, especially old wine every so often, when you turn it on the side if there's sediment number one the sediment settles in the middle instead of settling on the bottom of the wine but also it keeps the cork from drying out so sometimes like with really old bottles of wine if you store it upright there's no liquid or moisture so then you go to pull the cork out and the cork just shatters yeah yep and you get into yep. the, the wine and you have like half a cork and then you gotta do it again <laughs> yeah. yeah i had you no idea you gotta use like a decanter or something, yeah. Yes, and I always thought it was just like the brand. I'd be like, I'm not buying this brand, the cork <laughs> always breaks off. <laughs> so a lot but... of people, yeah, a lot of people think that. They also think the brand, which I mean, isn't totally, there's a lot to say about brand and quality in general, but yeah, a lot of people think that. They're like, wow, they really suck at corks. I'm like, well, it's actually a good thing <laughs> if it was dry because it means that like it was properly sealed, but it's more of how you store it that's gonna fix that. Yep didn't know that you taught me that today
0: um Yay! and before we get into your brand i just a little bit more about that just a balanced lifestyle just how sustainable it is when you were like training clients and like i mean was it ever off limits like drinking or you did you super like watch i i just i restricted for so long i wouldn't yeah. allow myself cocktails because calories and sugar and i'm tw- i weigh 20 pounds less now working out four days a week and Mm -hmm. drinking cocktails daily and for any woman on here that can follow you see your picture see how fit you are and it (laughs) feels like they have to just deprive themselves and not enjoy their life can you speak on a balanced lifestyle
1: yeah definitely you know that's like I did the exact same thing when I first got into the fitness industry I think you do it just because you don't know any better and you see you hear a lot of experts talking about it Of they're like all right no sugar no carbs no it's the cheat meal. It's the whole, like, you sit here and you diet all week long and then you get one cheat meal. And this is funny. We're talking about this. Cause I was going to, on my pack podcast, I was going to talk about overeating and over drinking. And it's because you're like, Oh my God, like, I don't know when I'm going to get it again. So let me just consume yes. it all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally remember- agree the first photo shoot I did with my best friend her and I we decided to do it together so it wouldn't be so bad like all right if we're gonna do this and I gotta like train you diet and I'll diet I remember like crying because I was like I just want a glass of wine like I'm going out to dinner and I just want a glass of wine but I was so scared because I thought I that one thing was gonna totally ruin my diet um and I was miserable and same thing like it took a I mean, I think it took a couple years and a lot of really getting to know my own body and self education of like, all right, this isn't sustainable. Like, I can't be miserable six days a week. And one day a week, I'm like, all right, we have to eat and drink everything because I don't get it again for <laughs> another week. Um, yes. yes. Eventually, I, in a way, I gave up, but because I stopped trying, my body balanced out. So instead of the deprivation, I was like, okay, let's think about this realistically. I'll have wine like two or three nights a week. It's not every night. Um, I know I'm working out. I eat in moderation. I don't really eat things that are off limits, but I did it more out of frustration to give up of like, I can't do this anymore. And then of course the irony is once I did, I was like, I actually feel like I'm a little leaner than when I was depriving myself because the body is not going through so many ups and downs. Yes. I wrote
0: a book about it. That's what Squats and Margaritas. My book is about, the journey to getting to balance through eating disorders, through a restriction, your body just kind of, like you said, just balances out because it trusts that you're going to eat and you're not. Get, for me, I wasn't going to purge. Um, and if you have, if wine or a margarita is part of your life, and it is a part of my life every day, I do, I'll have a glass or two of wine. But I, that's all I have. Like I know that I can have it, so it's not as like,
1: yeah. oh my gosh,
0: like on that day. And before it would be like if I had a glass of wine, like you said, you get scared and I I shouldn't start drinking. And then I would have a bottle of wine and I would overdo it and overindulge because it was off limits. But now it's like wine is, it's like I have a glass of wine, like it's fine. And I don't overindulge because it's part of my lifestyle.
1: Yeah. A psychologist was talking to this woman who, and part of it is control. Like a lot of times we get into like the fitness and the wellness space and diets and all that because we have no control in one area of our life so we're trying to control another area and i can't remember the book but there was a book where a psychiatrist was trying to help this woman because she was so scared to let herself have ice cream or something like that and so the psychiatrist like walked her through it she's like all right let's just talk about this what would happen if you let yourself have the ice cream she's like i might eat the whole tub She's like, okay, so you eat the whole tub of ice cream, then what? And she's like, well, after a tub, I'd probably feel sick. Like, I wouldn't want it anymore. And she's like, exactly. Boom. (laughs) Right. Let yourself have it. And then all of a sudden, you're like, actually, I'm not really craving it anymore because I know I could walk inside right now. And if I want it, I can go have it. But, yeah, it's definitely from, like, a psychological factor. it's, It's forms of control. We're trying to find something in our lives that we have control over.
0: Yep. And that's missing somewhere else so you you put it on food um so you you're you're a trainer um obviously still in great shape you're not training are you training clients now or, or are you more focused on your brand
1: So I do it in the form of online training. I have a ton Mm -hmm. of people that ask me for programs and help with like taking their workouts to the next level, how to figure out their nutrition. And I only teach like lifestyle nutrition. I don't do any kind of specific diets or anything like that. So a lot of the stuff I teach is like intuitive eating and like lots of journaling and like, all right, you got to learn what is your body sensitive to? Do you need more carbs or less carbs? Do you need more fruit yeah. or more vegetables? Um, so I do a lot of stuff like that. I do a ton of workout programming for people too.
0: Nice. And I'm gonna yeah. share all your, um, where we can find you at the end. So you were training clients and then how did it manifest <laughs> itself into your brand? Like how did that even come about?
1: Yeah. So and your pancakes, it's kind of, I mean, looking back in hindsight, it all makes sense. But like when you're going through it, just like anything, you're like, I don't see any light or any purpose in any of this. Like this just feels like a total mess. Um, so I was training people full-time. I had a personal training business and it was going really good, but I just kind of felt tapped out in regards to my own like limitations of like, all right, I think I was 24, 25 at the time. So I was training people and like all this talk about diet and nutrition. One of the things I was struggling with is I was in a diet where I couldn't have carbs. I had to cut out anything that was like sweet and I have a huge sweet tooth. Um, So a lot of things like that. So I had just messed around with a lot of different flours and protein powders and created a recipe that let me have pancakes every day because I'm not a fan. Like, I like carbohydrates in the morning, some form of it. I don't really like plain egg whites or, like, scrambled yeah. eggs don't do it for me. I need more than that. Yeah. Um, so I figured out something that had the same macronutrients as if I were eating, like, eggs and fruit and whatever with the protein pancakes and i did this for a while and i finally felt like i wasn't deprived like i never felt when i was eating them and i still eat them it's been years i still eat them every morning when i was doing it i never felt like oh actually i don't actually feel like i'm dieting at all like this is fine this i can sit with this and i use the same thing to make like cookies and brownies and cheesecakes and i kind of felt a little bit of peace about it because i was like, oh this is easy. Like, I'm not tracking anything. And I was also going through a time in life where I was trying to find, like, I wanted to do something bigger. I love training and I still do. I love the fitness industry, just helping people really transform themselves. Um, but I wanted to do something on a much larger scale other than just my local clients. So I spent a lot of time soul searching. I spent a lot of time like journaling and in meditation and I was setting out goals of like, all right, in one year I want to figure out a way that I can still help people and do something in the fitness industry, but I want to make a hundred thousand dollars online. Like that was my goal. And I had no idea how I was going to do it. Like that seemed like so far away. I was like, what am I going to do online that I can like make money, more money than I'm making now. Like I have no clue. And I just kept sitting with that and meditating on it. And one morning when I was making breakfast with my pancakes, I kind of just like stopped. I was like, I wonder, if I could turn this into a product and this is before protein pancakes even existed. Like you couldn't go buy them. Otherwise I would have, I would have gone and bought them somewhere. Now there's a ton of brands. Um, But that's really how it started. And like, I had a gut feeling about it, even though like in the moment it made no sense. It was like, you're going to, take a recipe. Like, what does this have to do with your personal training business? I'm like, I don't know, but it just feels right. Like hustled and figured it out and talked to anybody and everybody who would talk to me and help me figure out how in the world do you take a recipe and turn it into a food product? Um, and it started very small. It started with, I was just giving Ziploc bags of this stuff to my clients, not knowing, like <laughs> people are always people get so caught up in business of like trying to do it a certain way of like, what did you test the market? Do you know what your acquisition costs are? What's your return rate? I'm like, I don't, I don't even know half that stuff when I'm starting a business, like that would confuse me. But looking back, I was doing it without realizing I was doing it. So like giving the product to my clients and them being like, Hey, this is awesome. How do I get more? I didn't know that was testing the market. I was just trying to figure out if it worked. Um, So it started, I can either answer this and look really stupid by like answering the wrong thing, or I can just like leave it blank and totally like throw it out there. And I did, I did. I sent it out there and I like laughing almost with such a detachment of there's no way. Like, I don't, I don't know what they're talking about. I shared my story. I can share my story. And that's really all it was, is I was like, here, yeah. same thing I'm telling you of like, I created this, this is my idea. Here's, I think at the time I had sold like $40,000 worth of product. Um, nice. not, well, the thing is like, nothing special in regards yeah. to- Yeah, but you, if you were making money, it was- a product yeah it was a product and i was selling it very bootstrap very like here's an instagram post if you want it send me a message in your address here's my paypal link like that's how people bought it in the beginning i didn't know anything about funnels and conversions and opt-ins that could even today that stuff stresses me out because it feels very like it feels like a very forced strategy into doing something. And I've never done anything that way. I've always just like followed my gut and done what felt most natural. And anywhere I get traction, I follow where I get traction and that's it. Um, Can
0: I ask you something really quick so I don't forget about that? Saying Like you're the brand and you're the creator. I don't know any of those other things either. Like, Did yeah. you have to hire somebody to like handle those parts of your business, business, or do you just learn those aspects of your business as you go? Because that's not my expertise and I'm doing everything in my brand right now. And like, did you hire people that that is their expertise or do you just kind of learn as you go through You're ta-
1: it? You're talking about like the marketing side of things? All the all the terms that you just said,
0: <laughs> not, nothing. I just, I'm like content creator. And you were like, uh, you were product creator and then it, It's just like, do you learn it? Do you have to learn it? Do you have to know every aspect of the business or is your advice to just hire someone that knows how
1: to do that? I think it depends. Um, I did not hire anybody. I actually didn't know that people did that, that I could hire. So in the beginning, I didn't really worry too much about like funnels and I didn't use any ads. I never used Facebook ads. This was in the beginning too, though, where most people didn't because like it was just a new thing. Um, so I literally was just, I would make an Instagram post. If it worked, I just kept doing that. And I noticed this is it's different now because there's all kinds of algorithms. But at the time, if I made a post in the morning and a post at night, I noticed I would get followers and I would get orders. I was like, all right, well, I mean, this is working, so I'm going to do that. And then it was more just like, mental work where i'd realize like oh wait you know what i need to send them some sort of email or like some sort of like how am i going to keep track of this so then i would just google like how to create a customer list oh there's an app for that okay great drag and drop like <laughs> i figured out the basics of what i needed to know to have a functioning business um a lot of the stuff i took when i got to that point you know tim ferris the four-hour work week mm-hmm. so a lot of the stuff like i just Googled everything that he said, like a fulfillment lab. What is that? Okay. Let's figure this out. That sounds like a great idea. Cause I don't want to order like product and ship it out every time somebody buys something from me. And I just started calling people like, hi, I sell like 10 bags a week. Do you work with people like me? And they're like, no, you need about (laughs) 30,000 bags. So I'm like, "Okay, okay, there's gotta be a way. Um, so yeah, I didn't hire anybody. I actually, I started having problems in my business when I started hiring people for that. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And I think like, as I reflect back on like the highs and lows in business, I think a lot of it is because it removed me from a lot of it. So in a way, like I got disconnected and it's hard when you hire somebody that's not quite as connected to your story and your brand because then they're just implementing a strategy that they use for everybody. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right strategy for you. So I've hired, I've spent thousands of dollars on lots of marketing agencies and been very frustrated with the results. I don't think, I don't think it means like you don't hire anybody. I think it just means hire what you know is supposed to be done and then teach it to somebody. So like now Erica, for example, who reached out and like set this up i she had no idea she's never done this before she's never even done freelance work before but i almost kind of like that because one she's going to be forced to think in new ways she can't just be like oh well these 40 other brands here's how yeah. we do it for them right so it's like the beauty and not knowing but also i am able to just be like hey here's a video here's how i've been doing it for the last six years Do what you think you should do send it back to me and this is what we did before she started reaching out to people i said i want you to send me an email of what you think you're supposed to do and we'll go from there and she did and i was like okay this actually isn't bad let's just tweak a few things and she's like okay yeah this is great but that's more my approach now is and i think sarah blakely talks about this a lot of like if i didn't know how this was supposed to be done how would i do it because then you have to trust your gut then it's like, yeah, art.
0: And that, yeah, that's when things happen. When you just listen, I'm listen, um, listening to um, Jamie Kern Lima's Believe It book right now. Yeah. And she's yeah, like, yeah. everything that she got, it was like, not what people did. But her gut was just like, this is the way. Yep. And I haven't hired anyone. I, I feel like I'm gonna have a hard time delegating. Like all the things that Erica does for you. I do all of that. <laughs> I do yeah. everything for me. And I, I don't think I'll be able to take my hands off it. Like you said, no one's going to be as connected and as passionate about it as you are and i feel like if i hired someone i'd be like um excuse me can i just see what you're about to post and it's gonna be very hard for me to let go of this because i'm the only one who's put anything out there so far and i just want to i feel like at some point it is getting a little bit harder i'm gonna have to delegate and it's gonna be really hard for me to do that. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I mean, it's even in that, that's like its own learning curve and practice because the first time I hired somebody, I was terrible. I was terrible because I didn't know how to delegate. So I had a lot of people fail in their position and I would get frustrated because I'm like, God, it's so hard to hire the right people. And I'm like, wait, this is a pattern. <laughs> maybe i'm not very good at training people or showing them what needs to be done so i actually had to look back on myself and become better at delegating and then they got better um so yeah even that in itself in business is something you got to learn because i like you're the entrepreneur so i did this i made the mistake of assuming i could hire an assistant and be like all right i need you to do social media emails customer service pr all these things and they're like i'm sorry what like, yeah. I thought I was just gonna do emails because as entrepreneurs, we have to do everything. So we assume we hire people to do everything. And it's like, no, that's, you are the entrepreneur. You hire skill sets. You can't give it to one person and expect them to be like, why, I know that that's not really your job, but like, I need you to be a team player. And it's like, I don't have the skills to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, and then you've never
0: taught someone to do that because you were training clients and now you're like, have this brand we're all kind of learning together. Yeah. And I, I don't want to run out of time for this. I need to hear your story about. So you you Google how to get on Shark Tank. You kind of fill it out. <laughs> you send it in. And then what?
1: Then nothing happened. This was September of 2015. So I'm like six months into it. And honestly, like I wasn't totally shocked because I just assumed. Like, yeah, I'm not surprised because I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. <laughs> Um, And about six months later, it was March of 2015, I think. So September to March, I was, I mean, I was still doing everything. I was still like full speed ahead. I was building this thing and I had let it go so much that I never thought anything of it. And I was at a business conference selling my product, like trying to recruit affiliates. And I got a call from LA and it was one of the producers and she was like, I think her name was Erica. Actually, now that I'm remembering it, I think her name's Erica. <laughs> and she's like, Hey, Ashley, I'm so sorry for the delay. Like, it's been crazy. Um, I'm so and so. I'm the producer from Shark Tank. I just got your application and I love it. And I freaked out at this event. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, pack it up. Like, we don't need to be here. <laughs> right. I freaked out and called her back immediately. And she was like, Yeah, so we're starting the filming process for, I think it was season seven. She's like, I love your story. I love everything you said, And I was so like, what? (laughs) Did you see how much stuff I left blank? And she's like, no, I really loved it. And I want to move you on to the next round. And that's kind of how it started. So from there, it was weekly calls and paperwork. And like, it was a lot. And I just remember like, you have to be so, so patient so patient and not attached or not assuming that you're going to get anything because even up into the point of filming you're backstage and they're like, Hey, just, I have to continually let you know you might not film and you might not air. And then you film and you get off set and they're like, but now we don't know if you're going to air because ABC's got to buy your episode. You're like, this is insane. Like this is so stressful. ABC only buys certain episodes to to air. (gasps) Most people don't oh know God. that, so it's like um, no. the statistics are something like every year somewhere around like three hundred thousand people apply. Out of that three hundred thousand, I think two hundred and fifty make it to like the actual filming process, and then out of that, it's like twenty five people that their episode gets bought. So there's a lot of people that film, but oh. they don't ever actually air. Yeah, it's crazy. Even if they get a deal, even, even if they could still, oh. Yeah, so you, <laughs> film, so you film. I filmed in June and then you walk off set. So I got a deal and you're like, oh my God, yeah. this is amazing. Everything's changing. And then from there, they're like, okay, well, so now you can't tell anybody. You're like, okay. You're like, not even family <laughs> or friends because we don't know. If ABC buys your episode, then we have to keep it confidential so it's not spoiler alerts. She's so like, okay, but when do i know if they're gonna buy it they're like we'll send you an email and then that's it and then it's like radio oh, silence they just leave. <laughs> yeah you you leave have this incredible experience and then you have no idea if anything's gonna come from it and you just wait around you're like okay so was that a dream or did all of mm-hmm. that really happen and i got my email six months later that oh ended. my god yeah <laughs> Yeah, so you're constantly like, um, anything, like, am I gonna, like, I feel like I lived something that really happened for me, but yet I can't tell anybody, and it doesn't actually seem real, and yeah, it was December of 2015, they were like, hey, congratulations, ABC bought your segment, you're gonna be the first episode to air in January, and I was like, oh my god, (laughs) (laughs) you're just consistently like trying and then letting go and then trying and then letting go. So yeah, the whole process was like a year and a half. It's a lot. How did you even prepare, like how nerve wracking when
0: you knew how much time from when you knew you were going to film, you're going out there. Did you have to like prepare your pitch?
1: I think so. The producers are really good. They work with you on that about a month out. So before filming, they have you write a few pitches and then you get on calls with them every week and they're like, All right, so like do the pitch like you think you're gonna do it, and then they go back and they're like, All right, I would cut this out, you should edit this. So I mean you write your own pitch um, and you're just doing it over and over and over again because they tell you they're like you get one take, like they don't stop cameras don't stop rolling. So like we need you to really nail this because if you mess up You're gonna have just a board of sharks that are staring at you like, you can't handle this? Like, come on. So you're like, okay, I'm just gonna practice. So, I mean, it's super intimidating. It's super intimidating because you have to think of it from the perspective of the investors of they are sitting through entrepreneur after entrepreneur of like, next, okay. Like, what do you got for us? So they don't, you don't meet them beforehand. They don't know anything about you. First introduction is your pit, yeah you don't even see each other until you walk through those doors and you're just like, uh, <laughs> okay, <"Hey."> <laughs> like <laughs> I'm going to do my best. Like, and you're just, while they're like smiling and you're waiting for your cue because you stand there for about 30 seconds and they're like, okay, don't say anything until we give you that cue. You're just stone faced staring at each other. And you're like, don't forget the pitch. Don't forget the pitch. Yeah. And oh. You get through that pitch and then 45 minutes later, you either have a deal or you don't. You were there for four. You You're were- pitching it 45 minutes like the back and forth that's how long my pitch was like maybe 90 seconds to two minutes after that it was 45 minutes of just bouncing back and forth of answering questions yeah and you went in i think you said you wanted damon that was like
0: what was why did you want him to be your shark
1: Uh, I wanted Damon because he had other businesses he had invested in in the fitness space. He also owns a couple CrossFit affiliations, and he had done another supplement line. So Mm. I wanted somebody that had some sort of connections that could get me in front of the right people, open up a lot of doors. So, yeah, so that was definitely my intention. Was it Damon the only one that you were negotiating with, or did you get other offers? No, so I originally... Uh, if you watch it I don't want to mess this up because it's actually very interesting what happened um Damon was not my first offer Robert was my first offer and he offered I think 120,000 for 50 percent and I I countered it because I didn't want to do 50 percent so I asked for 49 and I think Robert he came back with something and then something happens and that's all I'll say
0: okay well now I have to find it yeah (laughs) I know that you got your deal.
1: I had no idea the process and how you didn't even know it was going to air. And life, like, I know a lot of people, this is what's been, I'm not going to say it's been nice because I know it's been a struggle for a lot of people of being at home and like the isolation. This is the life of what it's like being an entrepreneur, like everybody's been talking about it and i'm like guys this is what i've been trying to tell you this is the hardest part is like 90 percent of the time you're alone you don't have co-workers you don't have a social life that like you're working next to people working on similar projects like you're doing everything by yourself and when you're yeah. worried about money worried about how to get sales or anything like that you can't turn next to like the person to the cubicle to your left like you got to just walk away take a walk and like be your own cheerleader in a sense. Like that's that's been the crazy thing. Is a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to, we kind of joke, not in a not in a not compassionate way, but just in the sense of like, yeah, it is really hard. Like this is what we've been doing the entire duration of our business, which is why so many co-working spaces, a lot of like networking spaces, open up for entrepreneurs because they realize the need to be around other people.
0: Yeah, so yeah. And it's fine. I know you do, uh, your mindset coach too, you talk a lot about mindset, like any female entrepreneurs, like especially that like launch something right
1: before this and are just feeling discouraged. Like, do you have any thing to say? Oh my God, the, first off, discouraging times are inevitable. Like everybody, I think part of the problem with social media is there's so much out there that when you are struggling and going through hard times, like nobody's posting, and I mean, I'm guilty of this too, I'm not posting to you about the day that I'm, like, scared to death of what to do next with my business. Not because I won't be transparent, but because I am so in it trying to figure it out that I'm not concerned about social media. But anybody that's new into it, like, you have to treat it like a relationship. You have to treat it like a relationship with a new partner or like a new fitness regimen like there's gonna be days that it is really really hard and you're gonna want to quit and it's really lonely and it's very isolating and you have no idea what you're doing and the only person that can see your vision and journey is yourself and when I'm in that place and I'm having a hard time the things that kind of pull me out of it is either like taking a walk in nature if I'm out in nature it gets me out of my head and like very present I also will just reach out to, like, one or two people that I trust. They're not necessarily entrepreneurs, but they're people that know me well enough that I can be like, hey. And, I mean, I'm crying, like, total just a wreck. I'm like, I'm really scared. I don't know what's going to happen. And it's those people that are like, Ashley, I know you you're going to figure it out. Like you've been here before. And I think it's really important to have those people in your corner. And if you don't have those people, because I've gotten feedback from that on my podcast, like people ask, they're like, I agree. I need the accountability. Like, but if I don't have that, what do I do? You either have to find a coach or you have to just put yourself in a vulnerable situation and reach out to people that you feel like can help you and just throw yourself out there. Like I've done that prior to having the friendships that I have, I've done that to people I've leaned on coaches and mentors and I'm like, Hey, I'm having a really shitty day. I don't have a clue of what I'm going to do. I think I might fail. And because they're not emotionally involved, you just need somebody to give you a reality check. It's like, Hey, it's okay. Put your computer and phone down, go do a workout, like get out of your head. You're going to get out of this. So, I mean, that would be my biggest advice is like, if you're by yourself, get outside, get in nature Go do a workout. And if you need more than that, like, don't be afraid to ask people for help because everybody has been there. I get discouraged when I take so much time to put out
0: content that, what is somebody getting? They're getting a workout. They're getting a recipe. They're getting a lap. Like I do like mom TikTok. Like if I'm putting something out, it's something that you're going to get something out of. And I don't grow. Something out of. Right. And you do talk about like the algorithms and everything, but you see other accounts that are killing it with growth and maybe not putting out content that it seems like I I don't get it. Like if people put out something like they're in a bathing suit or they just do like a sexy TikTok, but they're in like the fitness space or something, doing something similar that I'm doing and they're growing. But I am trying to put out content that I feel like matters and I never go anywhere. I get frustrated and I'm like, I'm not going to sell out like and put out just I don't know, I just, I, why would I put out a post that's not giving somebody a motivating quote, a workout, a recipe? It, and so I do those things and my account never grows. But like the people that are, they have seemed to have figured something out and fi- or figured the algorithm out and they are growing like 10 times. But when I look at the content, I'm just kinda like, I, why does anybody even, you're not, why would I want this? Yeah. So that
1: frustrates me a lot. <laughs> I Actually. I try not to like compare but I actually have a lot to say about that because I can totally relate to that. Um, so one, it is the algorithm, but like I've gotten frustrated with that too when I'm like posting out quality content and I see somebody posting a bikini and I'm like, that doesn't help anybody. Like nobody wants to see it. And ironically, like some of my followers, I'll ask them, I'm like, Hey, I got a question. Like, are you even, is anybody even reading the stuff that I'm posting or my a wall? Yeah. So what I have found, because I'll get frustrated too, of like, why am I putting out all this quality content and yet they're getting 100,000 followers and I'm not? Like, what's the yep. difference? And w- yes. every single one that I have talked to they're not making any money. And their intention is not to make a business online. Their intention is to build a huge following. So they post shots in bikinis and doing stupid stuff that like, you're like, why are people following this page? Also, they love it. <laughs> also when I've talked to them, because I've had, I've had girls that have like a million followers, literally, and we'll get on business calls. And I'm like, how, why do you need my help? You have more followers than I do. And they're like, yeah, but 80% of them are guys that just follow me because of how I look. It's not anybody that I'm actually helping. So I think a lot of it is that that most of the – and this isn't true to everybody. Most of the people that have large followings, though, they're not actually building a business and profiting anything off of it. They just have a following. Because I've even, like, gone to websites and stuff. I'm like, are you actually selling anything? They're like, no, a bunch of companies just send me product to, like, boost their yeah. organs i'm like oh so they have a makes- business i mean they, they make money but they don't have like like i have a
0: book i sell a book and i have a podcast right. that i want people to subscribe to so yeah when i put out content like i guess the i i just want i want to share my story and have women not feel alone i talk about all, like my depression and my eating disorders and how i finally found balance and that's my message so yeah if my following is growing i want people that are maybe still stuck in it and feeling like they can't come out of it because I'm 39 now and I kind of just figured this out. So that's my message. That's why I want people to read the book. I have people like you on my podcast that can teach something. So like you said it's quality content. So yeah. you you just assume it will grow and it will and then people that are just doing TikToks every day which nothing gets TikToks because I love doing TikToks grow, but it's like it just frustrates me. <laughs> And that's another thing, I like, hey, am I working so hard on my content in these posts where people are just like, they don't even read it.
1: Did yeah. people say they were reading it? Yeah. I mean, it's such a fine, like, here's what I'll say. How long have you been in business? Well, I launched my page
0: two years ago, but I got my show in September. So not that long. And I put out my book last year. Not, not that long. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're you're totally fine then. I think I started in like 2013 really trying the online business space. And I remember feeling that exact way. Like I remember feeling so freaking frustrated because I was like, I don't, I refuse. Like I feel stupid posting pictures of me half naked and I'm not going to do that to get followers yes. because yes. it's not me. I would never do that. Like I don't even do that in real life. So I don't, it's not get- authentic. Right. I don't want to do something. That's not me. Um, I didn't really start getting traction ironically until probably three years in. And I think it's because I kind of found my groove because what would happen, and I know a lot of people do this is I would see what was working for somebody else. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to start posting content around that because that's working for that person. Yeah. And then I do it and I'm like, this doesn't feel right at all. And then somebody would hop on YouTube and I'm like, okay, YouTube's away. I'm doing YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then YouTube doesn't work. And then it's TikTok and then it's Snapchat and then it's whatever. Tomorrow there's going to be 500 other things. I think the latest one right now is Clubhouse. And I just. Yes. I keep hearing it. I should be on Clubhouse. Why are you doing it on Instagram Live? Do it on Clubhouse. I was like, I don't know. I, don't, I can't keep <laughs> up. I don't get it. And I know. I started getting traction when I just focused on what felt most natural to me what fell where i feel most comfortable which for me is instagram one because i know how to use it best all the other ones i'm like i don't i don't understand i don't get this um so i use a platform that i feel best about but then i also use the platform where my audience seems to connect with me the most so in the beginning the first year I tried all of them. I tried Twitter. I mean, I mean, I'm still on them. I just don't put as much effort in them. So YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, all of it, Pinterest. And then after about a year and a half, two years of doing it, wherever I was getting some sort of traction, I kind of just let the rest of them go and focused on that one. And that was it because it not only made it easier for me to stay organized and managed, but I was able to show up more consistently when I was trying to do all of them. I can't show up consistently. So that's a huge thing. Um, It's very different now with algorithms. Like a lot of people say it doesn't make a difference. It does make a difference because even your own personal stuff, you can, you watch it change. You're like, that's weird. I don't see these people's things anymore. And it's all
0: the people that I follow. I don't see their stuff. The, The people that have figured it out. I always see their stuff. I don't have a big following. Like, just do my show, but don't look at my Instagram because I can't grow. So I feel like that hurts me. But that's just my opinion. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know.
1: I agree with you. And I think a lot of that, though, comes from, one, I've had the same experience. I've reached out to so many people who I can see that they read my message and they don't respond. And I'm like,
0: yeah,
1: okay, cool. Mm. Like, whatever. Like, if, if that's what's important to you, then I'm probably not a good fit for you regardless because I don't really choose who to do business with and not do business with based on followings. I do it based on content, the value, their engagement, things like that. Um, But the other thing too, though, is I'm a big believer in like life in general and how life always aligns us with the things that are in alignment with us. So if you apply that strategy to dating and if you're like, I always use everything for dating. So it's like, all right, you're getting on all the dating apps. You're trying it. And like, you just keep like pitching and missing and pitching and missing. And these guys suck. Why am I not getting anything? It's like, okay, well, maybe that maybe dating apps aren't for you. Maybe that's not how you're gonna yeah. get your traction. And like I tell people that with business, I'm like, maybe social media is not how you're gonna get it. Maybe the universe has more magical ways than we can imagine. And maybe somebody's gonna listen to your podcast and be totally mind-blown and they do you a favor and like make a post. Like I've had stuff like that happen too where I didn't do anything. It's just the right person found me at the right time they liked the content that I was producing and they boosted all of my stuff that it was like, oh, hey, thanks life. I didn't have to do anything (laughs) for that. Where, I mean, it also comes back though to a control thing. Like when I get scared, I try and control what's happening, how fast it's happening and where it's gonna happen at a lot more where when I like am focused on like, staying in alignment doing what feels authentic and true to me keep producing content keep putting things out there to help people it's funny how like oh this person happened to find my story because they listen to this and it's like it's just so much easier and relaxed and like even using shark tank as an example like i was not emailing and calling and following up and trying and asking everybody like did you get on i just like all right well I don't know what's gonna come of that, but like whatever, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing and it's up to the best way possible. And I think the focus is if your intent is to help women get your book out there, provide valuable content. I think if you keep doing that, but also having kind of a mindset of like, look, I know the right people are gonna find me. I know what I'm putting out there is genuine and with the right people in mind then life kind of aligns us. It's funny. Like we let go and it's like, okay, thank you. Now I can get you in front of the right people and really make things happen. So that's how I feel about social media. It's like if I try something, some stuff makes no sense. It'll get twenty comments, other things will get five. And I don't understand it. And There's I
0: no don't... rhyme or reason. Yeah. Right. But just you just gotta keep stay the course, be authentic to who you are and your why. I do think I'm glad you said that because I do it very much like I feel like when people send me a message or something in a DM is like, oh my god, your book really resonated with me. Like, thank you so much. Like, I cannot tell you how much that means to me. And it yeah. may not be a, a follower or something, but somebody being like, I've never told anybody I was bulimic. I've never like your story. I, I can get through this. Those mean so much to me. And like, okay. so I, it isn't about followers and likes. I guess just as an entrepreneur, you want to see growth. And if you yeah. see yourself just at that, you're just kind of like, oh, I'm doing all, like what am I, some days you're like, what am I doing? And not going anywhere, but if you just stay the course, like you said, don't check in on your Shark Tank application.
1: Maybe one day you get a deal on Shark Tank. <laughs> just let it happen. Well, I mean, apply it to fitness. Like that's your story right there. Like apply it to, if you are micromanaging all of your calories and everything, and your intention is you want to lose weight and take care of your health. And it's like, actually, if I let go a little bit and I just allow myself to like one day at a time, go through the process, listen to your intuition, then it's like, oh, I actually lost weight without even trying. Like it's the yeah. same exact thing with business. It's like, I business goes down for me the more I am like watching numbers and stats and all of that <laughs> stuff, because I'm too, I'm focusing on what's not important. What's important is am I providing value and content and connecting with people, even if it's one person? all right, well, like I met my goal, who knows? That one person might share it with 10 people and then it's just domino effects. I never
0: thought about it that way, like equating it to like my fitness journey and how I kind of just let go and stop being so obsessive and my body kind of went where I wanted it to. So maybe the same will happen with my career. Now that you have grown a successful brand, what is something that you wish someone would have told you before getting into like starting your brand?
1: There's a million things. (laughs) <laughs> A million things. Um, oh my gosh. Something I wish somebody would have told me. Like that you weren't like, well, I... if I knew this then yeah, I Yeah, I don't think it's something somebody would have told me. I think I wouldn't have gotten so caught up in assuming that everybody else knew what was best for my brand more than I did. And that's probably what has cost me the most money because actually the most recent podcast I did last week I was talking about the power of vulnerability and I grew the business so quickly because I was willing to try anything and everything. I would talk to anybody. I was okay with looking stupid and like, all right, I don't I don't know how to do this. I don't know what this means. And then people would get on the phone with me. Like I could hear them kind of chuckling because they're like, oh, how how far along are you? I was like, oh I started last week. They're like, okay, <laughs> me Let me give you somebody's phone number you can talk to. And I'm like, yeah, that would be great. But like ignorance is bliss. The biggest thing that really was hard was after Shark Tank, especially because now I'm talking to Damon all the time. I now have this national exposure. So I have all these people looking at me. I stopped trusting myself because I felt like, oh my God, now i'm like in it like this is real like it doesn't matter if three months ago you didn't know what you were doing you need to know what you're doing right now and i totally just i was like all right i gotta hire a digital marketer i gotta hire this person i need somebody to take care of this because what i've been doing is not enough they all know better they're the experts like now i'm in the big leagues and it really hurt not just myself because i was getting frustrated with the result of it even though Mm -hmm. i'd be like guys that doesn't feel right like that doesn't seem right i would never it's like i drop a little bit of like input and i'm like okay but you guys are the experts like i don't know like that's because of course you would because it's like it's abc
0: and then you get a shark and it's like they've done this so many times you assume like oh okay well i feel this way but i've never done this so you just feel like yeah. They're right. And they they obviously have had success. I had another woman on Christina Kuzmis, she's an author. She ended up she was on a reality show that Oprah did like years ago. She chose like her next um somebody that she would give a show to and she won. And then she when she got with all the production people, they were like, Well, we want you to change this and this about she submitted a show and then they changed everything about her show. And she's like the whole time, I'm like, Well that's not really me and that's like I I don't really do it that way but they're like no this is what works in television and it got canceled and she was like well so then she's like I'm back to square one and she's like I'm gonna do what I do and so she started being authentic to herself and doing the same kind of videos on YouTube and now she is like I mean she tours and does like she's super successful but she was like I heard my gut but it was like I didn't trust it because all these people that were like the higher ups were like no this is how we do things and she yeah. kind of like lost herself and it didn't work because it wasn't authentic to who she was and the show got canceled, but she was like, I didn't feel like I could stand up to them. Even though like my gut yeah. was like, this isn't really right. They, you feel like they know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, that you feel like, okay, these people are successful. They are where I am trying to get to. Therefore, they must know better than I do. So let me just sit down and be quiet. And here, here's my entire brand and everything. Um Yeah. I think I think that's kind of like what's it called not paying your dues but like it's kind of paying your dues in entrepreneurship of when you first start out like that's the only way you're going to learn. You do that in everything in life. Like you have to go through hard diets and like your own nutrition and fitness process. It's paying your dues to figure out yourself and figure out what works for you. Entrepreneurship is kind of the same way. So now I get pitched all the time. Somebody's got something that can take my business to the next level and solve yeah. all of my problems. And I don't even read them anymore because I'm like, I'm not, I don't even care. It, maybe you can. I don't know. But like, I'm not even going to read this just because like you are a dime a dozen and I'm not interested. And right now, I would like to figure this out on my own and really do something that feels genuine and authentic to me than to be like, oh, yeah, here you go. Here's 20 grand. Like, take me to the moon and it's it's hard though it's hard because in the beginning I'm going through this right now with my podcast and I'm doing an entire transformation program because in the beginning you want the success so fast that it's yeah. so hard to not be tempted and believe That's what the say. it's so, tempting. It's, so yeah. tempting it's
0: like okay I hope this is real like <laughs> you're like and it's just yeah. it doesn't feel right it, yeah it's so, <laughs> it's so no
1: because you want to it's easier to believe somebody else has the answer instead of believing that you have your own internal gps that's the answer because it feels faster when really going that route is going to be a longer route it's going to bring you right back here to where you are of like okay did we learn our lesson
0: <laughs> yeah i do believe that it, people on instagram have some. they have there are people that have figured it out and it doesn't matter what your content is that they know that It does like Mm -hmm. the time something because they are always right on my feed. And I'm like, what are they? It makes me feel like there's something I'm missing, (laughs) but I'm going to take your time to stay the course, be authentic and put out the content that I've been putting out. Um, This has been fantastic. Where can people get the uh, abs protein pancakes?
1: They can go to abspancakes.com. The Instagram is abs underscore protein pancakes. And then everything that I do is on my Instagram. I have yep. that little link in bio thing. So if they want to listen Link-tree- to the podcast,
0: yeah. And the podcast is Phoenix Rising? Yep. Anywhere you get podcasts?
1: Anywhere. Instagram? Yep. Yeah. Phoenix okay. Rising. And Phoenix Rising, Like I lo- that's my favorite thing right now. I love the podcast. I love it because exactly. I hear, I get immediate feedback from people. It's that human connection where I'm like, oh, thank God, like you are listening. It is doing something. It is helping you. Um, so that's like my favorite thing every single week. I never get burned out on it. I look forward Thanks. to it. I'm like, I have like a running list of topics. I'm like, oh, I want to tell them about this and about this. And like, I had this bad day, so let me tell you all about it. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, it's such a fun outlet just to be, and you have somebody else that's like real and hopefully somebody that's listening isn't going to feel alone anymore like oh me too but i just never really say that out loud it's so like i don't know like empowering almost like i just feel like i share everything it's such a fun outlet to do that
1: yeah no it's a blast and it's i mean i don't know i just feel like that's kind of the way our society's going anyways is into podcasting and using that as a content thing so i mean if i were you i would just focus on that like the people who are going to buy your book, anyways, and like be a part of your brand, are probably going to be on podcasts more than they are on Instagram because they're probably doing the exact same thing. They're probably like, "Why do I keep seeing bikinis and half naked people? <laughs> I don't know. We don't understand." Um, they
0: understand something that I'm not understanding, but I'm not going to make that my focus. Yeah, yeah. the in the podcast is what I enjoy. I Any mean, like I my when I do this when my kids are at school and it's like something for me and. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on that and getting fabulous guests like you were. Thank you so much for listening to the squats and margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So you never miss an episode and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of squats and margaritas.